Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Duke defeated Notre Dame last night by four points, and Mike Krzyzewski was in the building. That's right. Coach K and his wife, Mickey, were sitting on the baseline his first trip back to Cameron Indoor Stadium for a game since Coach K announced his retirement. I want to talk about all of that, the win, and a whole lot more. Our good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham, will stop by to be on the program here with us. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast. You should subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review on the Apple Podcast platform in particular. Go ahead, watch our show daily on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, in honor of Coach K coming back for the game last night, wearing my Duke hoodie. Thank you, Coach K here, hoodie, for folks to be able to take a look at if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, really cool to see him back in the arena last night. So without further ado, let's bring on my good pal, Kevin Connolly, again, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, it's great to see you, and what a win it was last night for Duke. Yeah, nail-biting time late in that uh, second <laughs> half, but glad to be back with you, J.J. So a big win for the Blue Devils, uh, but we're not even going to talk about the win right out of the gates. We're going to talk about what everyone else was discussing and how many camera shots we had pan over to Mike Krzyzewski and his wife, Mickey. Coach K was back at a Duke basketball game. How beautiful was it as well? It was Valentine's Day, and he's spending it with his wife in the game that he adores so much at the university, at the arena that has his name on the floor. Really cool to see Coach K at the game last night. Yeah, it was. I guess that's your perfect uh, Valentine's Day date. <laughs> uh, but Coach K, he's making the rounds. Um, I was covering the St. John's game on Saturday, and he was there. Um, him and St. John's athletic director, Mike Craig, very good friends. Uh, Mike Craig was really like K's right-hand man when Craig was an SID at Duke and um, an associate athletic director. So um, K's grandson, Michael Savarino, former Blue Devil, plays at NYU. So I think NYU played on Friday night. And then uh, the Severino slash Krzyzewski family came over to uh, Madison Square Garden to watch St. John's beat Providence. So he gave the Johnny some good luck. And it looks like last night the Blue Devils got some good luck with Coach K in attendance. Yeah, pretty awesome to see uh, the Duke Blue Devils have Coach K back in the house to play well down the stretch. The game wasn't always uh, a blowaway win for Duke by any stretch of the imagination. It took a Mark Mitchell corner three ball with about 10 seconds left to really put the game away for Duke, but they walk away with the victory over Notre Dame. Kyle Filipowski was the story over the weekend, one for the foul call in the Virginia game that was not ultimately called, and then secondly, because of the fact that he was held scoreless. He wasted no time. On Duke's first possession, he drove immediately to the rim, made a layup, a nice drive for Filipowski, and then continued throughout the rest of the night being the aggressor on the offensive end of the floor, and Filipowski finished with a a team-high 22 points on 9 of 16 shooting from the floor. What would you make of Kyle's play? Well, it seemed like he was on a mission um, last night. 20, you said 22 points, only player in double figures. 
it was it was really good to see him have that bounce back performance because it looked like he was hitting a bit of a wall. Um, he was questionable coming in with an ankle injury, although I um, suspected he was going to play just the way his ankle bent back on that final play against Virginia. And Duke doesn't have him. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a good sight or a good thought of how this game would have ended up. Yeah, no, he finished plus 10 in the plus minus. Jeremy Roach was a plus nine. Again, in the Virginia game, Derek Whitehead had the best plus minus of anyone on the floor, and Whitehead had another impressive game coming back, uh, his second game back from injury. But with Flip, I mean, his just versatility, it's what we've seen constantly throughout the season. Did not make any shots from three-point range, but finished with six rebounds, had three assists, had a block shot, finished with, the, again, those 22 points. Really productive game for him. And as they talked about during the broadcast, if you were watching it on ESPN with Reese Davis and Debbie Antonelli, his success is going to be paramount if Duke wants to make a deep run at March. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I thought this more in the first half when Kyle Filipowski and Derek Whitehead were playing so well in those opening 20 minutes. It's like, man, this Duke team could really be clicking on all cylinders if they can get productive offensive games out of Jeremy Roach, Kyle Filipowski, and Dariq Whitehead. Now, Dariq Whitehead struggled a little bit in that second half, didn't have as many um, points or wasn't as efficient like he did in that first half. Jeremy Roach um, had a couple of big baskets late, but um, all in all was really a down game for him in terms of offensive production. But if, if Duke can get Roach Lively and White – or Roach Filipowski, excuse me, and Whitehead um, rolling offensively at the same time, I think this team could be dangerous, especially – with the player like uh, Derek Lively protecting the rim on the defensive side. Yeah, you talk about the bigs for Duke. Lively had another impressive game. He had two block shots. He had six rebounds, six points, emphatic dunks on the night. Uh, and then Ryan Young was really, really productive in the first half of play as Young had eight rebounds, six points, but he only played nine minutes and did not see much of Ryan Young there in the second half. Uh, again, it's uh, kind of interesting the minutes we see Ryan Young out there versus when he's not a part of the game plan and uh, what exactly that dynamic is going to look like for Duke moving forward. Yeah, with Ryan Young, I think, all right, maybe nine minutes, you'd want to see maybe a little more into that 13 to 15 range. But I think what you saw tonight is exactly what you want to see anytime he's out there on the floor is where he's being efficient around the basket. It, it seems like he always comes down with these rebounds where it's like, okay, how did he get that rebound okay. o- over over two uh, opposing players or against a seven-footer? And Notre Dame's not that big of a team. So uh, it, it was a game I expected Ryan Young maybe to play a little bit more. Um, but I certainly did expect that efficiency numbers um, from him tonight. Excited to see what Duke can do moving forward. Coming up on Saturday, they take a trip up north. They will take on Syracuse, who last night, the Orange had a big win. They knocked off top 25 NC State. Syracuse was favored, according to our friends in Las Vegas, but nonetheless, a big win for the Orange. They're going to be a feisty bunch. We'll talk about that game in a little bit more uh, as Locked On Blue Devils continues here on this Wednesday. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the absolute best sports book. You need to know exactly what's going on with our friends at FanDuel. They've got the no sweat first bet for all of their new customers. As it is the midway point of the NBA season, they've got opportunities for you to bet on everything from the money line to point scores 
three-pointers made in a basketball game, and so much more. All-Star Week is coming up. Tonight is the last night of action for so many teams prior to the All-Star break. So check it out with FanDuel's No Sweat First Bet. You can go and sign up today, FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your No Sweat First Bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. They, it's, again, a safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, my name is JJ Jackson. Happy to have my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, here with me. Kevin, if you will, before we dive into some more details from last night's game, tell us a little bit about Ball Durham. Well, Ball Durham, I mean, it's it's the middle of February. We're rolling with our basketball coverage on the men's and the women's side. I mean, women's basketball team, top 10 team down in Durham. Pay attention to them as uh, the ACC tournament and March Madness roll along on the women's side here in a couple of weeks. And obviously with the men, we have wall-to-wall coverage um, as the basketball season eventually comes to an end, hopefully in late March and early April. We'll uh, obviously have a lot of off-season content, football coverage. And as you just mentioned, we obviously – uh, are on top of the NBA as well with All-Star Weekend coming up and a couple of Blue Devils taking part in the weekend festivities. So big game for Duke last night. They knock off Notre Dame 68-64. We talked about the Mike Bray storyline on yesterday's program, an assistant for Coach K for eight years. They went to six Final Fours together during those eight years, which is incredible to think about. Two national championship victories in 91-92, and he's going to walk away after 23 seasons as the head coach of the Fighting Irish. So Coach K is there for the send-off. Notre Dame makes some runs a couple of times there uh, late in the second half. And Duke ultimately, uh, while their offense isn't the greatest in the world, as we've talked about all season long, you look at Notre Dame, only 64 points given up, and uh, Duke's defense got it done once again down the stretch. Yeah, I credit the Duke defense. I, I kind of expected that performance from them because, let's be honest, Notre Dame is not a good team. Uh, Ten and sixteen overall. I think they're now two and thirteen in the ACC, and a four-point margin certainly isn't what you wanted to see tonight. Especially how Duke ended that first half, going on that run to go up. I think it was eight going in uh, into the halftime locker room. Um, but second half, especially late, um, it's not. You saw it in the Wake Forest game. You saw it again tonight. Um, I don't want to say this team has issues closing out games, um, but not putting their foot on the gas and separating in games with those long scoring droughts could be the downfall of this team in the next couple of weeks. We'll see if they can fix those things. And again, three-point shooting has been something that we always want to point to. Uh, last night's game, Duke is 5 of 20. Uh, but man, Dariq White had 3 of 4, started out making his first three attempts from outside. His three-point shot was working in that Virginia game. All of a sudden, he's become the marksman of this Duke basketball team. Yeah, and you saw it in the game against Virginia for those, I think it was three and a half minutes, where it looked like he was uh, going to have a Jason Tatum-like second half against Virginia. And I think it's certainly good to see, especially coming off at nearly a two and a half week injury where he's right back in there and it seems like he didn't lose his confidence. And maybe um, that's why John Shire and the rest of the coaching staff held him out a little longer when experience that, experiencing that tightness, just letting him know that he does have his legs underneath him, that they're building up his confidence and that once he came back on the floor, he was obviously ready to go from the jump. Three-point shooting, we want to talk about Jacob Grandison. That's why he was brought to Durham, was to knock down shots from the outside. We did mention his play in the Virginia game, what was arguably his finest game in a Duke uniform. 
in that Virginia game, played the most minutes, over 31 minutes, only played 15 minutes last night against Notre Dame, goes 0 of 2 from the floor. But at the end of the game, Jacob Grandison was one of the final five out there on the floor trying to contribute for Duke. And I think that shows John Shire's um, belief in him. It shows his trust in him. And also Grandison is a veteran, and you expect him to be out there to make the right play, to have the defensive assignments locked in, and to make free throws late. Um, I I think the the biggest thing, though, is the inconsistencies. I mean, we've seen it here and there. We've seen more nay than yay with Grandison. Um, But obviously that Virginia game and that game-tying shot was incredible. But then he follows it up, only taking two shots, and his only two points tonight come from the free throw line. It's tough because there have been so many games like this, right? Like last night's game against Notre Dame feels so common with what we've seen from Grandison throughout the season. Virginia was kind of the outlier. You were hoping maybe that would be a turn of the corner. But I still think it is positive that he was one of those final guys out there on the floor. While the looks weren't there, it felt like also later Duke was getting way more looks on the inside with both Proctor and Roach driving to the rim. They had a couple of layups right there at the end at the end. Uh, And then Filipowski being so dominant on the inside. So while we've got Grandison out there for the outside three-point shooting, uh, down the stretch, the attempts weren't coming because Duke was finding way more success getting closer to the basket, right? And Duke has seen that success, especially late in games, I feel like, when they're using Roach and Proctor in ball screens with either Filipowski or Lively because it puts the defense in a really tough situation. So you have Roach and Proctor who can easily get to the basket off a ball screen. You have Lively who what has a seven foot four wingspan and, and can and can rise up and catch an alley oop anywhere near the basket. And Filipowski, we've seen how good he is at driving to the basket. Also, he can come out, set a screen, and then pop out to the perimeter. And you trust him um, taking a three point attempt. I know he missed all three tonight, and Duke was fairly awful um, shooting from distance as a team tonight, but he has that ability. And, and I think that's why the, the double ball screens um, with Roach and, and Proctor are really um, successful for this team late in games. It's Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson and Kevin Connolly. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson. Underscore Kevin is on Twitter at Kevin Connolly 24 Follow at Ball underscore Durham and then also at LO underscore Blue Devils. A lot of Twitter followers uh, for you to go out there. Help us out. Help grow both of our uh, brands and talk at all things Duke basketball all the time. So coming up next on Saturday – Duke has a road trip up to New York. They're going to take on Syracuse, another team uh, that's not the strongest competition for the Blue Devils. However, as mentioned earlier, the Orange did have a big win over top 25 NC State last night as well. Uh, We've seen some pretty big Syracuse-Duke games over the years, particularly games that are in that Carrier Dome setting i know the name has changed there of the arena but we're going to call it carrier down yeah it's still the carrier uh, exactly so uh what, what can we expect from this game coming up on saturday well I, I think in syracuse especially at home they play a lot of team stuff they played virginia very tough up there they played carolina very tough up there um obviously they they beat nc state last night uh i know i'm missing probably a couple more games but uh, you expect a, a tough game it's probably going to be um the most attended game of the season <laughs> for syracuse as it always is when duke goes up there if not they set an all-time attendance record, which I don't think they'll do that considering both teams are technically having down years. It'll be an unranked matchup, but it'll probably be the most attended game of the season. And for Duke, I think my biggest question is the easiest way to beat a zone is shooting over the top of it, right? Now, does Duke have the players to do that? Yes. But have they 
proven consistently that they can make shots from distance? No. So I think it's going to be some type of variation of getting somebody in the middle of the zone at the free throw line. And if those shots aren't falling early, um, I think utilizing Derek Lively on the baseline is going to be huge for Duke in alley-oop situations. So um, one, two names I'll give you expect, I think, could have expanded roles offensively. Derek Lively, and I'm going to throw it out there. He probably might not even play a minute, but I'm going to say Jaden Shoot. I mean, yeah. that's, your, that's your best shooter. Easiest way to, to beat a zone is going over the top. Syracuse has a couple of good guards, um, but I don't think it'll be as a uh, challenge for Jaden Shute to play defensively. So maybe Jaden Shute gets minutes over Jalen Blake's on Saturday night uh, in upstate New York. Yeah, we'll have to see if that happens, if uh, if he's given that opportunity to knock down a couple of shots from the outside, because you're right, that has been the strategy over the years. Uh, another dynamic, another storyline to look at, Kevin, that I can't help but think about, I can't help but ponder, is this the final time that Jim Beheim uh, goes up against the Duke Blue Devils? Many people, it seems as though uh, he's he's gotten grumpier over the years, it feels, and it seems like he wants to come back for yet another season next year. But I don't know, man. I'm always good. Now that he's gotten uh, many years now and Coach K's out of the game, his time is coming. He will not be the coach at Syracuse forever. I'm just curious, is this the final time he's the coach of the Orange against Duke? I don't think so, man. I think uh, I've talked to a couple of Syracuse people earlier in the year. Tell me what you know, man. Yeah, and they're like, man, he's not leaving. He's going to die on that side (laughs) uh, up in Syracuse. But no, I don't think so. I think the latest report came out that is he's going to keep coaching the orange is he's going to come back for next year um at least so i think i think what syracuse i know the schedule is out or whatever but i think they're scheduled to come down to durham next year um but but i don't think so i think maybe um these two teams could play in the ac tournament and then if i think Beheim would be back next year so um no one no one has told me this but just a gut feeling and obviously it's going to take a while considering how poor Syracuse has been in the regular season the past couple sure. of years. It, it just feels like he wants to surpass K just to have that feather in his cap. It feels like that's the type of person he is. He wants to pass Mike Krzyzewski in terms of the all-time wins list. And I know because all those vacated wins, it'll take a while. But it, it, I just have that gut feeling. It's like he wants to get one over on K. He finally wants to have that one saying over him. And it just feels like that's the type of guy he is. I just don't know that he's going to be able to – I mean, they've got to start playing better basketball for that to happen, right? I mean, uh, man, age is getting up there for for Jimmy B. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see if he can keep it going, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. But, again, like that, does, that's just a gut feeling. That's just, I get the type of vibe his personality is. So we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see. He's now one of those older coaches that's still sticking around here in the era of uh, – transfer portals and yeah. NIL. We talk about three-point shooting against the zone, and you mentioned the possibility for a big Derek Lively game with you know drives and lobs there at the rim. I mentioned late in the Notre Dame game, I really was impressed with a couple of the drives that both Proctor and Roach had and their ability to get directly to the rim. I'd love to see Whitehead put it on the floor a little bit more given how hot the three-point shot has been. We saw him settle for a couple of those looks and take good attempts but would love to see him put it down. And then what Mark Mitchell's game around the rim could look like too. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Kevin, because three-point shooting is obviously the number one thing going against the zone, but it's not Duke's greatest thing this season. How can their offense be efficient going up against that zone? Yeah, so I think it's you want to screen the top of the zone with 
um, Joe Girard, who, who kind of anchors it up top. You want to screen him, and you have two guys that can probe. You have that Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, um, and, and it depends who you want in the corners. I mean, Mark Mitchell seems like he's more comfortable hitting those corner threes like we saw last night against Notre Dame because you kind of want to clear out that bottom part of the baseline right around the paint for Derek Lively to, to have room to work behind the zone. So I think you want to screen potentially with a Kyle Filipowski, who is much more comfortable out on the perimeter in terms of as opposed to in the corners. Um, and you want Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, two really good ball handlers, just to try and dribble into that middle of the zone. And once you get that ball to the free throw line, then you have plenty of options. You can go to the corners, you can go back out to the perimeter, or you can go up top on the baseline. Duke is a winner last night over Notre Dame, and now they get set to take on Syracuse this weekend. Kevin, you, of course, will have coverage all the time at Ball Durham, at Ball underscore Durham uh, on Twitter. And then tell us one more time what you got going on at the website. So we got everything Duke basketball, men's and women's, big uh, ACC tournament and NCAA tournaments coming up for both programs. And obviously we got Duke and the NBA stuff covered. And also All-Star Weekend is here. All-Star Weekend and any (laughs) – Uh, news and notes that come along here in this winter about Mike Elko entering year two in the Duke football program. I love it. Kevin, thanks so much for the time as always. We'll talk again next week, okay? Appreciate it, JJ. That's Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, and he's joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for our show here today. Thank you always for your support. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Leave us a YouTube comment. Shout out where you're watching us from. I love seeing the wide reach of this program. And again, your support means so much to me. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. The show is on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And subscribe to our podcast wherever you get them. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.